If you turn your Bibles to John chapter 8, we'll pick up in verse 21 and we'll journey down to verse 30. And again, if you're new to Calvary Chapel, maybe you have never heard this said before, but here uh, we study God's word chapter and verse. So every single word, every chapter, every book. And so we're journeying through this eighth chapter of John's gospel. We've come to a passage of scripture that presents the gospel in such a way as to remind us that there is no other choice. The gospel is an exclusive message. In that sense, it is also a divisive message in that it divides between two groups of people, those whose father is our father in heaven and those who are of this earth. Those who are saved, those who are not, those who believe, and those who do not believe, those who are destined for heaven, and those whose destination is hell. Today's going to be one of those messages that we call HFB, Hellfire and Brimstone. Because Jesus himself is going to speak a message that leaves us in the place, by necessity of the message, of either choosing or not choosing to believe. And if you choose to believe, grace is a gift. Forgiveness of your sin occurs And heaven is your destination. If you choose not to believe, or if you choose to make no decision, because making no decision is a decision. It's choosing to not believe. Then you have no grace. You have no forgiveness. You are dead in your trespasses and sins. And if you take your final breath today, you will perish eternally. There are some that Don't want a message like this ever preached. Today I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach today. Sometimes, most of the time, I would like to think that I teach and occasionally preach. Today is a preaching, not a teaching. So get ready. If you'd pray with me, we'll pick up in verse 21 as we study God's word together in a matter of life and death. Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus, your own son, into this world, that the world through him, by believing in him, would be saved and have everlasting life. Lord, we thank you for the simplicity of that truth. But that truth demands an answer. And we pray that there would be no one in this place today, no one listening online or watching in some faraway country that would miss this message and the severity of it. We must choose. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd help us to understand, give us ears to hear what your spirit would say as we read and study your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 21 here in John 8, and remember the context. They're still in the temple. They're specifically in the temple treasury. 
The two giant menorah are there. Jesus has already declared, I am the light of the world. He that believes in me will not walk in darkness, but will have everlasting life. He's already spoken that he is I am. And now these same very religious people that have already denied that truth. You see, religious people sometimes are the hardest to reach. Because they already believe they've done enough to have favor with God. In essence, they believe that by their works, they have been pleasing to God, and thereby they will have eternal life. And yet, Scripture is plain in its teaching that by the works of the flesh, no one is justified. We believe by grace, through faith, that faith is a gift from God, exactly as Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, And it is the reception of that grace gift, believing by faith that Jesus Christ is who he says he is, that one comes into a right relationship with God, and thereby sins are forgiven, and your old life is now transformed by that redemptive work of Jesus Christ, so that you go from having a destination that is hell to one that is heaven. Jesus is going to speak to these very religious people. And then Jesus said to them again. You can circle the again because again is a chief term here in John's gospel. Jesus speaks these same truths over and over and over and over again. And he says, I am going away. And you will seek me and you will die in your sin. And where I go, you cannot come. And so the Jews, remember these are Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, religious rulers, leaders, priests. Very well studied in the Old Testament, in the Torah. And the Jews said, in a paraphrase, well, he can't be talking to us. So, will he kill himself? Because where he says, where I go, you cannot come. You see, that is the answer of an awful lot of people in the world today. To the presentation of the plain teaching of the gospel, which is you must believe in Jesus Christ to be saved. And here's usually what they'll say. I have been saving whales for almost 30 years. I have provided water for people in Africa for 25 years. I've been fighting against AIDS for 20 years. I've been doing all men. I work with the homeless people in our community. I've been going to church for 40 years. Let me be really clear. Everything that I just said, very good things. And praise God that those good works are good. I I like whales. I don't think we need whale blubber anymore for lamp lighting, so let's leave the whales in the ocean. Flipper is my friend. (laughs) But that can't save you. 
None of those good things. You could give, Jesus will go on to say, you could give all of your money to the poor. You could give your body to be burned. But if you do not know Jesus, you're going to perish eternally. Now, in our world where everything is okay, where our ethics are judged situationally, where everything is relative to how you see it or what you think about it, this is not a popular message. But people are perishing for lack of the truth. And the truth is, without Christ, no one sees heaven. Maybe you're offended by that today. In a strange way, I pray you are. Because at least you're on the right track. You know that there's a choice to be made. And that choice is going to be presented to you right here and right now. And he said to them, you are from beneath and I am from above. We have two different fathers. My father is in heaven. Yours is an earthly father who brought you into existence on this earth. You are of this world. I am not of this world. And therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins. And notice what he says. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. He doesn't say if you go to church. Doesn't say if you own a King James Bible. Doesn't say if you do good works. Says the necessary element of faith is that you believe that Jesus is exactly who he says he is. And he uses again the I am formula. He's referring back to Exodus chapter 3, a passage that these would have known very well. And you will as well if you haven't heard already who Jesus is. And then they said to him, who are you? You can't say that to us. Like the Apostle Paul, many of them could have said, I'm a Pharisee of a Pharisee. They would have listed their tribe in which they were born of the Jewish people. Maybe they could say, like Paul, that I am the tribe of Benjamin. They could have rattled off much of the Old Testament as we know it. Who are you? Someone might say to me, who are you, Jeff, to tell me that I'm not going to heaven? Oh, I'm not telling you you're not going to heaven. I'm telling you the only way you get to go to heaven is by believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Not because I don't want you to go to heaven. That's what Jesus is saying. But because Jesus said, there is no other way. It's not about religion. It's not about church attendance. It's not about scripture memorization. Though that's helpful in leading you to the truth of the gospel. It's about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that comes to you by faith, resulting in God's grace, which gives you forgiveness of your sin, and thereby you are fit for heaven. Who are you? And Jesus said to them, just what I've been saying to you from the beginning. 
I haven't changed my message. The message that I've already spoken is still the same message. I am. I was with the Father. I was on the mountain with Moses. I have many things to say to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. He's drawing a direct line between himself and the Father. He's going to go on by the time we get to his high priestly prayer in chapter 17. He's going to say, I and my Father are one. Not two. Not ten. Jesus was no less than Father God. I and the Father are one. I heard it from him. But they did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. You see, they believed in Yahweh, Jehovah God. They believed that he was Yahweh Adonai, the Lord God, the covenant-making God. But they refused to hear what Jesus was saying, and he's saying, I am God. It will be the reason that they will take up stones to stone him. It will be the reason that they will seek to kill him. It's blasphemy to the Jews. But he's pulling no punches. He's making no bones about it. I am. And then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, again, that was a title they should have known from Daniel. Lift up who? Two things are in view when he uses that phrase. Lift up certainly means to put on a tree. And they would have known that the Torah plainly declares that anyone who is lifted up upon the tree, they are cursed. So they can picture what death would come to him. But it's also true that it means to exalt, to glorify. And as a matter of fact, that tree would be the means by which God the Father would glorify his Son. Because when Jesus was lifted up on that tree, he paid the price for your sin and mine. And God said, behold, my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And then he glorified him, took him home to heaven. When you lift up the son of man, then you will know that again, I am he. And that I do nothing of myself. But as my father taught me, I speak these things, and he who sent me is with me, and the father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. And as he spoke these words, many believed. The tragedy is the word many. Many believed, which is a good thing and a bad thing because it doesn't say everyone believed. It says many. And the reason being is to as many as received him to them. He gave the ability, the power to become the sons, the daughters, the children of God. It's always about what you do personally with what you know about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. 
It's not about what your mom or your dad told you. It's not about your church attendance. It's about have you confessed that Jesus Christ is your Savior and your Lord. Who is he to you is what's in view here. You see, it is a matter of life and death. I cannot tell you, and and James is right, in James chapter 4, it's, I I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I got word between services that uh, at the end, and this is just so like the enemy, the end of the ladies' retreat, we, we have at least three ladies have now gone to the hospital today, one of them with a heart attack. I haven't gotten word back. I, I can't tell you that I know for sure at this moment. I would imagine I would have heard were she to have gone home to be with Jesus. But let me tell you this. You don't know when your last day is. You don't. You may think you do. You may have three gym memberships. You may eat vegan You may keep GNC in business by your vitamin consumption. You may have enough of that good stuff in there. You think you're going to make it to 100. I'm telling you right now, we, we drive on freeways that can take your life every single day. You don't know. I have a friend that died at 42 years old from a massive heart attack. Home to be with Jesus. Didn't see that one coming. You don't know, and I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to tell you the truth because God's word plainly declares your life is a vapor. You're going to be here today and gone tomorrow. And I can't tell you when your gone tomorrow day is. And you don't know when your gone tomorrow day is. But that is a truth. People wake up every day only to find out that what they believe was going to be their course of life, in fact, is not ever going to happen. Cancer changes in a moment. Heart condition in a moment. Parkinson's disease in a moment. And again, this is meant to only tell you the truth Don't let the enemy lie to you that you have a bunch of time to make this decision because you only have today, right now. Exactly as 2 Corinthians 6 tells us, today is the day of salvation. For those who are in this room, your ears are open to the gospel message and today is the day of salvation if you do not know him. Don't miss what Jesus is saying to these guys. He's saying, look, I've already told you the truth, and you're not listening. The message isn't going to change tomorrow. You are not family of God. You will not wake up tomorrow and find out all roads lead to heaven. They don't. They never will and never have. There's always only been one way. The Old Testament saints waited in faith for the arrival of the Messiah. But the same Messiah that saves us, saves them. Those who rested and hoped in Abraham's bosom, Abraham himself, David. When Jesus said, it is finished, they said, hallelujah, we can go home. 
Amen? So don't miss the message here. It is painstakingly microscopic in its focus. Jesus is the way. It's really a choice of two destinations. If you're here today and you know the Lord, then this earth is not your home. Amen? Amen. You're a citizen of heaven. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to it. I was so blessed. I was sitting here watching some of the some of the final things that were said at Billy Graham's memorial service and and I caught a little glimpse of a couple of things that Franklin said and he was recounting when his dad a couple of weeks before he went home to be with the Lord he was actually asked the question do you fear death and he said oh no I'm so looking forward to going home to be with Jesus that's because this world is not our home we are just passing through my treasure is laid up somewhere beyond the blue and I pray yours is too you, you see, we need to keep this simple, gang. And I'm speaking to you who are Christians who are here today. Because those who don't know the Lord are getting the message of the gospel preached maybe for the first time right now. But you who are believers, how many people do you know in your life where you have danced around the gospel? Oh, you've told them about Calvary Chapel. You've told them about church. You've told them about the Bible. You've told them about fellowship. You've invited them all kinds of things. But have you preached the exclusive gospel of Jesus Christ to them? Because it is the gospel that saves. It is not church that saves. Now, if you bring them here, they're going to get the gospel message. But don't miss what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, look, you know all about the coming Messiah, but you've not invited him into your life personally. And where I am going, you can't go because you don't know me. You may not like that, but the fact of the matter is your Bible plainly teaches there are two types of people on this earth. There are not three. There is not a holding pattern there, there isn't such a thing, please, in Jesus' name. There's no such thing as purgatory. You're either in or out. You're a saint or an ain't. You're a believer or not. And I don't, I'm not trying to be offensive. I want to be truthful with you. Please don't make people think that they can take their last breath and then spend a couple thousand years getting it right. Because that isn't what happens. Jesus said to the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise and you will not. The gospel is exclusive. It cuts between two groups of people and two destinations. And only two. That's why he says, You're not of this, I'm not of this world. You're of this world. We have different fathers. I have a heavenly father. You have an earthly father. And consequently, when you die, you're going to experience a second death. You see, it's true. If you're born twice, you die once. But if you're born once, you're going to die twice. 
Read the 21st chapter of the book of Revelation. For the one who is redeemed of the Lamb, that second death will not touch you. That great white throne judgment, you won't be there. But for the person who does not know Christ as Savior, you're going to die once physically, and then you're going to die an infinitely worse death. The second death. And you will spend eternity separated from God. I told you it was hellfire and brimstone. There's a place for it. Praise God, it's not every week, amen? The reason I say that, this is a message you need to take to those who don't know the Lord. God wants to use you, but he wants you to not do something that helps them reject the light. These are religious experts. Jesus is making these claims. He said, who are you? I'm the son of man. I'm I am. I'm exactly who I've been telling you I am. I'm the one God in three persons. He's basically saying, why should I teach you something new? You're not getting what I've already said. When you talk to people about your relationship with the Lord, be specific. Tell them about your Savior, Jesus. Don't let somebody believe that simply knowing about God or worshiping in some way or just praying. God hears every prayer, but he answers the prayers of his kids. So what he's waiting for for those who don't know the Lord is one prayer. I believe. I receive that gift of grace. You see, otherwise, you're rejecting the light. Jesus has already declared, I'm the light of the world. He uses that I am formula. And so what he's doing is he's backing them into a corner to give them three vital truths. Let me, let me make this clear. Those opportunities you have to receive Christ, you do not know when the last one is. God does, but we don't as humankind. And those opportunities don't last forever when you continually reject the things of God. And probably most of you have someone in your life that you have shared the gospel with and they just reject it time and time and time again. Do not their hearts get even harder still? To where that rejection just becomes deeper. That's why Paul said to the church at Corinth, today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow's promise to no man. It'll last forever. And once they're lost, there's no guarantee they're going to return. For those that are here, if you're here today and you do not know Jesus as your own personal Lord and Savior, today is a day upon which you can stake the the fact that you, you made a commitment to Jesus Christ and he saved you. Or not. 
I can't tell you if you're ever going to hear the gospel again. But I know you've heard it today. And once you begin to completely deny them, those opportunities that we deny, notice Jesus says to them, where I go, you cannot come. Not because they couldn't, but because they wouldn't. The reason he says you can't come is because they wouldn't believe. They wouldn't accept. They refused the gift. This whole grace thing, we don't want that. You're unable to come because of that. It's a life or death question then. He's not saying, he, well, in a couple of weeks, we're going to come up with something new. And you, you won't actually have to believe in me anymore then. Matter of fact, my Father in Heaven is so good, He's just eventually going to save everybody. Can I tell you, there's a lot of people on this earth that believe that. And yet Jesus says, that's not true. Not Jeff, Jesus. Not Calvary Chapel, Jesus. The Bible plainly teaches there is one name under heaven whereby all men must be saved. And that there isn't another name whereby you can be saved. By the time we get to chapter 14, Jesus in one sentence is going to lay waste to every other way. Because he's going to declare in verse 6 of that chapter, I am the singular way and the singular truth and, and the one life and no one comes to the Father but by me. So for us today, do you believe in I am? You see, they would have understood it this way. And this is the reason they're going to take up stones to stone Jesus. This is the reason he will eventually go to the cross. Jesus does not go to the cross because of a crime against Rome. Jesus goes to the cross because the Jewish religious leadership wanted him dead. The truth of the matter is, I put Jesus on the cross. And so did you. We did, because our sin nailed him there. You see, where are you going to be if you're not with Christ in eternity? He, he's preaching a message. He's, he's looking them right in the eye. He's saying, look, this, there, there isn't another answer. I, I'm patient, but I'm telling you I am who I am. And he was referring to what they knew very well. When Moses stumbles and stutters, when, when he's saying, look, I don't even want to go to Pharaoh. Why would I do this? Who am I going to say sent me? What was the response? Moses, you just go to Pharaoh and you tell them, I am that I am sent you. And Jesus is now laying claim to the exact same truth, I am. I am that I am. I'm Yahweh. 
And I'm telling you, if you don't believe in me, then where I'm going, you can't come. Pretty narrow is that way, isn't it? It's not broad. It's very well defined in Scripture. That's why Jesus says here in verse 28, when you lift up the Son of Man, you will know that I am He. In other words, He's saying, you'll know that I am, that I am. Past, present, future, I am. Look, I'm the answer. I'm the answer to your question, basically, he's telling them. Just like light doesn't need authentication, light's either on or it's not on, amen? And if it's on, you can see it. That's why Jesus says, I bear witness of myself. I'm the light. I am the I am. Everything I'm doing testifies to the fact that I am, I am. But you don't want to believe that. And that he's saying, I'm bound for heaven. Do you want to come? Right now you can't because you won't believe. Brothers and sisters, that's the question for every last human being. And how God preaches that message to those who are in some isolated place on the planet Don't forget that rocks and trees can cry out the name of Jesus. It's what missionaries are for. It's what the Holy Spirit does in the quietness of people's hearts. I just was reading a wonderful story of a whole group of girls in a girls' school in Pakistan that simultaneously, while they're in class, I believe were visited by the Holy Spirit, and the whole class accepted Christ. Well, they'd heard about Jesus. Jesus is in the Quran. But they'd never believed that Jesus was Messiah. King of kings, Lord of lords. All of a sudden, the light goes on. So I'm asking you the question today, two things. If you're a believer, then make sure your flashlight's on, that you're shining for the Lord. Tell people about Christ Their eternity rests in that decision. But maybe for those of you who have come and you do not know Christ, there is no other way. And tomorrow is not promised. Would you stand with me right now? And I want to give you an opportunity. I believe there are some, there were many first service who had never made that commitment to believe in Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not here to try and force you or cajole you or to threaten or to frighten. I'm telling you, Jesus transformed my life. I am here to bear witness of the light, just as John did. Just as John the Baptist did. And there are people gathered around you in this room right now that will say amen, I bear witness of the light. Amen, church? He saved us, he's redeemed us, he's changed us. But if you're here today and you have not ever made a profession of faith, 
I'm going to ask us as a congregation to bow our heads and begin to pray. Believers, pray for those who do not know the Lord right now. If you're here today and you're saying, I've never invited Jesus into my life. And if I were to die today, I don't know what would happen. If that's you and you want to change your destination, because I can tell you right now, by not choosing where you're going, it's not good. But I can tell you what happens if you do choose and you want to make that choice right now. Would you just slip your hand up in the air? Just let me see it. And I want to pray with you where you're at. Anyone and I see that hand. Praise God. Anyone else? Any, I see that hand as well. Just slip your hand up. We're going to pray with you. We're going to invite you to go into our prayer room afterwards. Anyone else at all? I see that hand. I see those hands in the back. I see that hand in the back and that hand in the back and that hand in the back. I see these hands here in the middle. Anyone else? You want to know today for sure that if you were to take your last breath, you're going to heaven. I see that hand. Be brave. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's a simple thing. I see that hand in the back as well. A few more seconds. Just slip your hand up. We're going to pray right where you're at. God is so good to reach out by the Holy Spirit, speak the truth of life. Those that have raised your hands, now this is where it falls on you. I can lead you in a prayer, but I can't make the prayer genuine from you. I can only help you with the words. And so you need to believe by faith what you're about to pray. Would you who have raised your hands just simply pray with me? You can put your hands down. Pray out loud if you would, please. Dear Jesus, I recognize that I am a sinner. And I'm confessing my sin to you right now. I'm asking you to forgive my sin and to cleanse me. I haven't walked with you all of my days, but I want to. And I'm asking you to help me change. Would you please write my name in that great Lamb's book of life in heaven? Help me to turn from my sin, to walk with you the rest of my days. I give you my life. I thank you for saving me. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Now for those that prayed that prayer, we want to give you one of our Get Started booklets. They're free. They're in our prayer room directly over here in the corner. Please go after service. Grab one of these. If you need a Bible, we want to give you one. Um, Welcome to the family of God. Amen. Thank you. You're in. You changed your eternal destination. And you did it with a simple prayer. The rest of it, God's going to do as he imparts his gracious works of eternal life in you as you grow day by day. But you just made the most important decision you will make while you're on this earth. Church, let's pray. Father, thank you that we were able to be here when all these gave their lives to you. Lord, we thank you for that privilege. Would you help us to be light in this dark world, the rest of us to live gospel lives that men might come to repentance and know you personally. Lord, thank you for doing that in each of our lives, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.